0: Smith had seen to it that Waldo got a brilliant education at Harvard College. But the mountains and his mother's people were a siren's call he could not resist, and Grayfeather returned with the notion that he could teach the Utes to read, write, and speak proper English. Walcara, however, had other ideas. The stubborn chief fervently believed that the language soon to overtake the Rocky Mountains would be Spanish not English. That was about the time Greyfeather met Kit Carson, and he and Kit had been riding the trapper's trail ever since. O'Farrell looked over his shoulder at Greyfeather, who rode between him and Connor, and said, Him being a grown man, Mr. Feather, he ought not be playing with wee dolls. Maybe he has a reason for having it, Greyfeather answered reasonably. "'Something that's none of your business.' "'O'Farrell scowled at the Indian. "'Now, just you be telling me, what sort of reason might that be?' "'Grayfeather shrugged. "'I don't know, but it neither picked your pockets nor broke your bones, "'and it wasn't your place to call him down on it. "'You'll be minding that tongue, Mr. Feather, or... "'All right, you two. Kit Carson drew rein and turned his horse to face O'Farrell and Grayfeather. Connor and the extra horse came to a halt behind him. Kit had been listening to them bickering ever since they had ridden away from their winter quarters on the Powder River earlier that morning. He speared O'Farrell with a narrowed eye. I'm getting mighty tired of the three of you casting blame about. Bodine is out here someplace and lost. For all we know, he might be dead. Instead of wasting time arguing about whose fault it was, he rode off. You ought to be keeping your eyes peeled and ears open. If he's still alive and hurt, he might be trying to signal us. The way you're carrying on, we could ride right past him and never hear. Kit nodded at the extra horse that Connor was leading. We know that Bodine is afoot and that's a bad way to be this time of the year and with this storm. A pile of gray clouds was beginning to bank up against the western sky. "'This break won't last long. Let's make the best of it while we're able.' Kit yanked his horse's head about and urged the animal on. They rode on, searching for signs of the lost man upon the vast, unbroken blanket of snow that whitened the mountains. The sun glare made looking across it nearly impossible, and blasts of icy wind stung their cheeks and bit savagely through their buffalo-skin coats. The break did not last, and shortly the storm rolled in again. Buckskin gloves and badger-skin hats offered little protection against the plunging temperatures when the sky began to cloud over. The only good Kit could see in the week-long storm rearing its head once more was that the clouds cut off the sun's brilliance, allowing them to peer hard and searchingly across the snowfields. As he rode through the cold, Ed pulled down into his thick coat collar like a turtle's. Kit's thoughts went back to the beginning, to how it had all started. He had lost track of how many times he had revisited that single incident. But whenever he did, he knew that he was as much to blame for Bodine leaving the protection of winter quarters as anyone else there. But there was no doubt that it had been O'Farrell's thoughtless remark that had set the calamity in motion. "'What is it that you have there, Mr. Bodine?' had been an innocent enough question but O'Farrell had not really cared what it was. He was only looking for something to take his mind off the long weeks of confinement, off the howling winds that buffeted the five cabins on the Powder River where nearly two dozen trappers had been holed up for the last eight weeks. Christmas had come and gone with hardly anyone taking notice, and it was already well into January. Winter quarter affected men differently. Some took to it stoically and philosophically, seeing it as just another trial to be endured, or an oppor-